Okay, we're recording. So basically this information started coming in the winter. Yeah. But I guess we weren't really ready to land it until now. Right. Yeah. When I was thinking about it yesterday, I was thinking about like the, the process of how it's worked itself out and thinking about how, um, how the information, how the codes and the energy stream was coming in and how we still wanted to like filter it through, or at least I did still wanted to filter it through like somebody else's language or system or like what made sense. So it was like, it was there, but I couldn't completely detach from all of the imitation. So I, it was like, we were pulling it through, but it was, it felt like it was coming through, coming in and then trying to be filtered through something else. And then it seemed like we just got to this place where it was like, no, there's some other things that happened. Not even that it was a conscious, no, but like we just stopped and then sort of handled the other things that were needing to be handled. And now it seems like it's coming through like this crazy, super high speed. Right. Yeah. Channel. Yeah. I know. I mean, there was a long time where we were just saying no to everything and felt like we were doing nothing. But at the same time, it was working out all of the things that needed to be worked out. Right. And the other thing is, is it wasn't like, let's work all of this stuff out so we can do this. Right. You know, like for a long time, any sort of ideas that that I had or that I was scared to execute, I felt like I was um, trying to do the work in order to get that outcome sort of thing. And looking back now, I can see how things were unfolding, but there was no relationship to those two things consciously. Right. Yes. Yeah. Like an example would be financial subjects, you know, and not taking care of finances, but working on, working on a relationship. And somehow that spilled over into those categories without even knowing that that's what was happening. Exactly. Like before it used to be like, okay, this, this part of my life needs work. So I'm going to focus on this part and just dissect it and try to fix every little thing thinking that that was going to solve the problem. But what I didn't know is actually letting that part go and just going day to day of whatever comes up is actually doing the work for the first thing that I wanted to solve, even though I didn't think I was even thinking about it anymore. Totally. Which is totally different from the way everybody's taught. Exactly. So let's, let's talk a little bit about what the human code is right like what what creates the human code what is that energy system and what's happening and how are people creating their life experience through the human code right 
So basically the laws of what it means to be, like how we're told to act and respond, the way our systems respond to situations is just kind of a un subconscious, unconscious thing that's happening that people aren't even really realizing. Right. Yeah. And what I see it as is basically patterns of cause and effect, right? Like when I do this, this happens. Right. That are creating specific outcomes, but they are... One, when they start out unconscious, because they seem to be basically imprinted or inherited or, you know, whatever, they're, they're unconsciously programmed, right, into the human experience. Yeah. And what they are, are codes and programs of copying and imitation that create your experience from something that you've either seen or acquired or like what, add some words for me I can't think uh, of great seen or acquired or also experienced in the past and then you you know have made a decision somewhere in that and that pattern that coded pattern keeps going around in your life maybe it was you witnessed you know somebody else experienced a situation and you realize okay that's the way you react that's what happens that's what it means about you all of the different things in that realm too but also just as a whole as like um like consciousness is reacting in a certain way. So like right now in our world, it seems like fear is really the main thing, right? Like the world's really uneasy and unsettled and whatever this means for people, the majority of the people are really going to that place of being like, this is scary. This is scarcity. This is all of the things that this means when this happens. And that, you know, can go on a large scale, but then also that goes down narrowing into your own life all of the time. So the way when this happens, this is the way humans behave is, is the whole theme of it without even thinking that that's what you're doing. Right. Okay. And so when you're operating under these, the human code of creation or really not, it's not even creation, but whatever, like it's, it's not creating actually, but okay. So when you're operating under the human codes, you can do that really unconsciously. Like you don't even know that you're like playing out this level of consciousness, this level of um, energy stream, this, this predictable outcomes, these like things that you've already seen in other areas. Um, and when you're doing that, it feels pretty chaotic and very like, like life is happening to you, right? Because it right. feels like you're powerless. Right, exactly. And there's a potential though, there's a potential like if you begin to recognize what's happening, you can almost like 
consciously master the human code. So where you start to like pick specific outcomes that you've already seen or goals that people have already achieved or whatever external circumstance, you can start to pick it and then create it for yourself. But it's still coming from that place of the copy. It's right. just a pattern that already exists. And so for a majority, for a lot of people right now, what's happening is, is they're mastering the human code. So it's, that's like what LOA law of attraction manifestation does is teaches you how to master the energy that already exists and how to play out the human code on purpose instead of like unconsciously. But for you and I, and for people who will be interested in what we're doing and what we're talking about that is boring as fuck. Right. Yeah, totally. Because so, it's predictable and you're just managing your situation. You're not really actually creating anything. Exactly. And so what we've realized is beyond the human code, there's another set of codes right. that have the availability and the potential. And those are the originator codes. Those are the codes of creation. Those are the codes where you experience and make something really out of nothing. Right. You don't use what already exists as your reference point. You create outside of those systems. Right, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> now Chad's home. Are you recording? What? Chad's like, are you recording? Wrote a, a no. <laughs> <laughs> it's like Grand Central Station around here, so that's the way it's gonna be. So you do it, right? If yep, if you <laughs> it's usually him recording. And he's holding the sign. Are you recording? It's like I'm me, I'm walking past or I will walk in here naked. <laughs> right. On the other side of the camera. <laughs> Chad's saying, you want me naked? You want me naked? <laughs> That's unexpected. Um, right, exactly. Back to that subject, obviously. There is that whole set of different codes, the originator codes, which is creating something that you never even expected. Right, you couldn't even imagine it. Like, right that's the whole difference really in is the um difference between being able to see somebody else's outcome and make it happen for yourself right. versus experiencing something that you could not have imagined would have been what you would have been doing experiencing having being exploring saying it's like literally out of the oblivion out of nowhere right um, the other thing that I was thinking about in regards to the difference between when you're on, when you're operating from the human codes versus how life is ex experienced in the creator codes is your relationship to any particular subject. Um, 
like under the human codes, everything that an, a subject means has already been sort of established and roped into that, whatever it is. Right. So you can only experience it either through the lens of that collective agreement of what that thing is, what it means. So for example, like, okay, a piece of cake. <laughs> right, that can mean a lot. Right, a piece of cake is actually just sugar and flour and eggs and chocolate or maybe something, whatever. But under the human code, it could mean, right, that it's bad for your health, that it's like high in cholesterol and that your mom had high cholesterol. So if you eat this cake, you're gonna have high cholesterol and you're trying to be good. And so if you eat it, you're bad and it's really unhealthy. And now you have no self-control and you promised yourself you weren't gonna do this. And now you're, it's like that, what, what, what is just like matter of flour, sugar, eggs and butter has now become matter in like all of the things that if you eat the piece of cake, it will say about you, your world, your health, your body, your pretty much freaking anything. Right. Yeah. And as long as you're somehow in still living and experiencing any subject within the agreement of what the human code has really roped into that subject, you are living it out in some weird way. And then when you're outside of it, you have the ability for the first time to experience this mind blowing situation with butter, flour, sugar, and eggs in from outside of anybody else's influence in it. And that really, gives you the opportunity one to end a relationship with drama of the human code and two to like have a really mind-blowing unimaginable experience with just a fucking piece of cake right which i think leads us to the idea of the human code everything's conditional so that even that piece of cake can be like you know you're responsible for my celebration tonight. You know, this piece of cake is, it's, it's, you know, my treat, whatever. I love this piece of cake because it makes me feel this certain way. Like, it doesn't really matter what it is. And like this, I know you know the story, but thinking about getting a couch for myself, it's a couch, right? And realizing when I found out that my relationship with everything I'd ever bought or chose or whatever was a conditional relationship. I had no idea that I had thought the, a couch would make, like I could imagine having this new couch and what I imagined was my family sitting on the couch watching a movie, having this like wonderful time together. In, and in reality, the couch that I presently have, at that time we would sit and watch a movie and somebody would be wiggling and somebody would be talking and somebody whatever and it would end up being this thing of like come on can't we just watch the movie and i just thought if i had the perfect couch then we would have the perfect <laughs> life to watch the perfect movie and have the perfect situation and i know that i can have that if i just buy this you know 
$7,000 couch, this is a couch that's going to provide the situation for me. And then realizing like what I really wanted is to feel peace. And I thought somewhere in my mixed up brain that this couch was going to bring peace to me when in reality, nothing can bring peace to you, you know, and always, you know, buying this, shirt to make me feel this certain way or whatever it was and end up hating every single thing I bought and being just like give away, give away, give away and never understanding why I wasn't attached to items and being like, oh, well, they always disappointed me because they never could give me the thing that I actually wanted, whether it's the cake or the couch or the shirt or the vacation or the whatever it is, searching for this feeling that's never going to come from an outside situation and and the human code people are constantly searching for the outside thing that will make them feel a certain way that's why everybody does everything most of the time right and then occasionally when somebody does pretty much accidentally stumble upon like an originator code and they gain the satisfaction through this unexpected experience, what they typically do then is turn their process and their accidental origination into a system for everybody else to copy. And, and then- themselves still. What? So not only everybody else copy it, but then they continue to copy it. They're like, oh, it yes. worked one time. So yes. that's been the answer. Yes which totally. we've done. Oh my God, so many times. And, and it's not really about, I mean, we can, we can create outcomes all fucking day. Like we've done it for years, but the, the disappointment and the, and the um, dissatisfaction in getting the thing because it's never about the thing ever. It's always about what you think the thing is going to give you and what you've decided that it gave other people, right? You have no, we, under the human code, we have no idea what these conditional outcomes actually are doing in other people's lives. We've just roped, roped their external portrayal of something as something that we would want to have or that would, we would want to mimic in order to achieve some sort of outcome that we think somebody else is having right and in reality most of those people are swirling in their own heads miserable as well totally you know getting more and more and more and appearing to be having it all together and more together and if I could just be that person then I could probably feel just like how they do which in reality is true because most likely they're not feeling great either exactly yeah it's crazy I had I remember the moment when I realized everything was conditional. It was riding back in the car from coming to see you and just being like, oh my gosh, I had no idea. I had no idea how much I was imitating what I thought was the right process, even though I really, really thought I was doing my own thing. I really did. And it wasn't anywhere close at all. I was too stuck in what everything meant about everything and what it meant about me, what it meant about the world, what it meant about my decisions, what it meant about my past, what it meant about my future. And 
I remember being like, I just need deep meaning. Everything needs to have this deep meaning to me and not realizing that putting meaning on everything, giving everything a meaning is basically binding you down to be able to make no moves because everything's so complicated. And just being like talking to you so much and being like, I just want it to be fun and easy. I just want it to be fun and easy. Why can't life be just fun and easy? It is fun and easy. Why isn't it fun and easy? Even in the most fun situations, it wasn't feeling fun or easy. And it's like, oh, no wonder why. Everything is tied to so many things. It's just impossible to be easy or fun when you have taken a piece of cake or whatever it is, a decision and made it into a life or death situation and what it means about you. And like, no wonder why it's hard to make a choice or make a move. If you feel like you're basically going to die, if you make the wrong one, then it's much easier to just do nothing and stay where you are and be comfortable. Cause at least you know what the comfortable feels like, even if it is, not what you think you're looking for, maybe. You don't have no idea. I mean, there's no compass left anymore. Right. Yeah. And and under like that human code experience, everything needs order mm -hmm. and needs to be understood. So everything has to have meaning. Like under that um, operating system, the unknown is a matter of life and death. So it is safer and more secure to be able to order the information and make meaning out of an information that everybody can agree upon, right? As like, we all know that this means this, because if I don't know what this means, then I don't have any orientation or reference point or thing that I can land on that, that feels safe or secure and unconsciously in that method of operation every single move or choice does feel like a matter of life and death because they are the survival codes right and it's it's interesting like when you start thinking about it how can a piece of cake turn into a matter of life and death but it really does feel like it in the middle of it I mean, I remember when we first decided to make a conscious choice to listen to what was happening inside of our heads and being like, agreeing to just say it all and be like, okay, you guys, this was crazy, but I was just in the bathroom taking a shower and trying to decide whether to wear yoga pants or jeans to Ikea and not even realizing that my whole shower was this debate inside of my mind of which one was appropriate? What would that say about me? What would people think of me? Am I willing to be uncomfortable to make other people comfortable, which is totally ridiculous because nobody gives a crap what the hell I'm wearing, honestly. Between <laughs> yeah, I mean, they're just pretty regular items. They're not like, do I wear a full fur jacket or a sequins jacket? Like, I don't have any attention either way. Like, I'm not that important to the person at Ikea, I'm pretty sure.
But at the time, it did really feel like that. And coming out and telling you guys, like, it is a freak show in my mind. I had no idea. <laughs> I mean, I didn't even hear myself before. I had no idea that I was agonizing over choices of what to put on on just a regular day or what to do. <laughs> is I'm recording this for oh. us. <laughs> you can hang out if you want, but I was just gonna tell you that you have to fill out the form if I want to do hybrid too. Oh, I do. To, like choose with like my student ID number. Okay, can you set that on the counter? Your student ID number. Okay, awesome. She's. I don't care if she's out here. I just didn't know if she cared that she didn't have any pants on. <laughs> yeah, or you could choose not to wear pants. See, and then your kids grow up not even caring if they wear pants or not, which is awesome. For me, it was like yoga pants, jeans. What is it gonna do to me today? So bad. And what? I, re I remember you coming out and saying that, and then Emma, my youngest daughter, Emma, coming into the house and being like. Mom, I want to go for a bike ride with Lucia. Do I have to wear a helmet? And sh and being like, well, I don't actually care if you wear a helmet, but I should probably care if you wear a helmet because I really want Lucia's mom to think that I'm a good mom and that I'm doing the right thing here. So yeah, you should wear a helmet. So Lucia's mom thinks I'm a good mom. Okay, never mind. Just do what you want. I really don't care if you wear a helmet or not. Right. Like it's funny when you start to really think about like, what you think okay so in in making a choice you have to weigh all the potential outcomes all the potential reactions all the potential meanings and then evaluate where you land in regards to all of that and so it is paralyzing and does okay, and then like think about like yeah like you said the potential outcomes so like if emma was to fall off her bike and suddenly you're put in that situation. What would have you done to have prevented it? How could have you been a better mother? How would you have presented yourself to this woman? And just being like, instead of just having no thought around it, having all of the thought around it, and then most likely getting the worst outcome because you put so much energy into the fact of what could happen that it's like you have no choice but to have the worst experience in it and then beat yourself up because you're like i knew i should have i knew i should have never gonna make that mistake again i'm gonna make sure i cover all of my bases for the rest of my life and make sure that i can prevent everything bad from ever happening again yes and i can add this new level of meaning onto a helmet no helmet means death <laughs> right now i will never be able to like now my kids wear a helmet all the time. Right. Or even helmet makes, yeah, you can get here. Or even to the point of where helmet still equals death, but at least you covered your tracks in the back. Yeah, exactly. It be your fault at that point. <laughs> right. Yeah, everything's crazy when you start looking at it. I mean, being in the salon and listening to what people think about their situations and their bodies and their faces. I mean, I don't know. It's pretty rare to have somebody come in and not say 
that they have no choice in whatever their situation is, or it would be better if they had this other thing or they like something about themselves if they didn't have this, you know, face, then everything would be better. I mean, the amount of things that people just turn into a problem about their situation in their whole life, like what they're experiencing, what they have, what they look like. It's just no wonder why we're so damn tired at the end of the night when you go to bed and you just want to turn on a show and not think about anything because your brain has been telling you all of the things all day long that could happen. Right. Because everything is about the external. Right. In that programming. Right. And you know, going back to the, the piece of cake or whatever, and even just like the collective agreement under these, this programming of what all of that means. And you think about like when you're a small, small child and you haven't adopted or bought into all the collective meanings of things, right? And you're just like exploring the world and having sort of this magical experience with any particular object or subject because it's not yet bogged down by all of that crap. But the same experience goes for being trained out of taking care of yourself and your own, like regulating your emotions and meeting your needs. And, you know, at a very young age, most of us were trained to react and respond to other people's needs and experiences and discomfort and tension within themselves and to adapt accordingly to relieve that. And so that's why you would, you would be conflicted as an adult on whether or not you should wear something that makes you uncomfortable thinking that it could possibly make other people more comfortable because under that programming, it's always about relieving something or someone else's discomfort over your own. Always. Always. And so when you're managing all these potential outcomes and everybody's a, a potential experience of you and their experience of themselves and their experience of their lives and their, and you are spinning a thousand plates because now you're 40 and you've got like five other people to manage besides yourself and right. clients and jobs and all an extended family and friends and all of this stuff. It is like, you will never be able to change anything, truly change anything ex from changing external conditions only ever. Right. Yeah. And this may be jumping ahead, but then that brings me to when you finally realize that, that you're doing that, then you go into this overcompensation and be like, I make my own choices and this is what I do. And it's in this overinflated way too. And right. I think that a lot of people have gotten to the point where they realize, wait, what am I doing? These are not the choices I want to make, but they don't know how to genuinely make the choices that they want because they're still trying to manage them from what they think is possible for themselves in the realm of what they know. And then also, having to take a stance and be like, you know, not, nobody's going to tell me anymore. So now this is where I'm at. And I'm just, you know, going to find this power inside of myself and take back my power. And 
then it becomes this really overinflated thing that is just as on the same realm of being underinflated and having no power. Like when you think you have all of the things and you have to stand for what you want and there's a there's a chance that you could lose it again almost feeling like if you don't just protect it and and you get everybody out of your circle that goes against it because at any time you could lose it basically is what you're saying then it's this overinflated thing and and what we have found which i had no idea existed was this almost neutral place in the middle of that where it's the genuine move it's a neutral move it doesn't have stakes in it anymore it doesn't matter that much it's more fun and it and it's it's easier to make decisions because it's just you can because you can and you can do it for the experience instead of that it means that this is your ticket out or this is it means i'm standing up for myself or it means i'm taking my life in my own hands and nobody's gonna do it anymore and all of the different things. I mean, I feel like traditional teaching gets you to the point of realizing the past and your past patterns, but has gives you no way to break them unless the, you, you kind of have a false sense that you are, but nothing has really changed. So then it, you know, it lands for a little while, but usually people get back into being like, having these phases in their life where they're taking charge of it mm-hmm. and then slowly just kind of deteriorating back into the, I really have no choice because the, the fact of the overinflated self really is no choice as well either because you, you've decided to do this because you have no other choice. You just don't want to be the same, but you're still in the round. Right. Um, not truth. And when you can master your conditions, so master those, I mastered my boundaries or I mastered my diet or I mastered my independence or whatever those conditional, you know, external choices that you make are that are still under that. The thing is, is if you don't know how to dismantle or implode the coding of that pattern, it is such a strong like innate energy system that that needs to be played out i think it needs it wants to be what i can see is it wants to be played out to be imploded but because you have no idea that that's happening it it has this driving force in your life and so even if you can master that one area it just freaking pops up somewhere else right like why people are like oh i finally get my diet under control and my relationship goes shitty or my relationship's finally good and my job sucks or my work life is finally great and now my relationship sucks or i finally get this thing under control and then everything else falls apart it's because that pattern is so innate in you and operates so strongly and unconsciously it really has no choice but to keep presenting itself in different ways right and it does more like as soon as you it comes into your attention to be broken it wants to be reprogrammed so suddenly it feels like all hell breaks loose but it's really actually a really good sign because you just have to make that decision over and over and then you don't have to anymore instead of being like why am i still here i thought i could do it here 
you really can't have it all, I guess, you know, the whole situation. Like, I'd rather have it in this element and I'm fine not having it in this element right. and just deciding to keep yourself in those, in that separation. Yes. And when you actually break and dismantle that pattern or that coding, there's no management anymore. Right. You're literally catapulted into a new reality in regards to whatever that pattern held for you energetically. And you don't have to like talk yourself off the ledge or hold these overinflated external boundaries or, you know, because it is now the effortless new experience of life in a completely new relationship maybe or non there's no relationship to what was right yeah you it, it's like the relationship between you well it's hard to put it into words but it's it's like the relationship you thought you had with your experience in the outside world goes away and it's like a relationship between you and you. Right. There you go. And yeah. so before it was like you looked, I'd made this move and you looked onto the outside. What does this, what did this do? What does this mean? How do people react? And now it's like this constant thing in my own mind of being like, oh, like one of the, one of the um, patterns that really was a big thing in my life that I didn't realize was in all of the categories was, you know, the idea of, I thought it was this, but it was actually this. And, and it's just like this simple kind of sentence, but it really programmed my experience throughout a really long time in my life, probably my whole life up until now, basically saying, don't trust anything. You think it's this, but it's actually this. And so you have no idea. You have no idea what's actually really happening. Don't be stupid enough to believe this. Keep your guard up, those kind of things. And um, when, I mean, it went all the way into my relationship with my husband, my finances, my job. I mean, every single thing. There was my relationship with my children. Like, I think they're happy, but maybe they're not. You know, all of the things. I, we, you know, whatever it is, the money in the account, then it's, it's there, but it's actually not. Or whatever. I mean, there was just a million things. And anytime, once I was aware of that, anytime that feeling came up, it was then a clue to be like, oh, this fits into that category of that program that has been really fucking my life up in the way that I don't want it to be running. This is where I need to make a move to change that. Not what is my husband doing in this situation? Not what is my finances doing in this situation? Like, what am I actually doing in this situation? And and wanting finances to be at a certain place and wanting my relationship to be at a certain place and all of these different things and thinking that I had to go in and dig in into that one thing, but realizing that there was an overall theme in my life and anytime something came up in any of those categories, I had to make the conscious decision. So like, for example, sitting on the couch next to my husband and saying, him saying something, 
that then triggers that like, oh, what? You know, like maybe he says something as simple as like, are you going out of town this weekend? And me being like, in my brain being like, what? I thought we already talked about this, but I guess we didn't. And I thought he was understanding, but maybe he's not. And is he telling me that he doesn't, I thought he was on board, but maybe he's not. And it's like, oh wait, this is the, I thought it was this, but maybe, but it's actually this pattern in my life. And instead of me being like, managing the things and being like my regular reaction would be like what I thought I told you and really I thought you were supportive or whatever and knowing where that's going to bring us to the next sentence and having this experience being like no this is that pattern that does the thing in my life I'm making a different choice and whatever my reaction is is completely different the opposite of what I would normally say in there continuously reprograms that it gives him not the opportunity then to go on to the next pattern of disaster and we start breaking the pattern and rebuilding it and it's something so simple as a sentence or a conversation or not saying the thing that I had no idea you know or in finances being like it looks as if this is happening but maybe this is actually going to happen instead and being like no I'm not playing that game. That is not the truth because my mind is programming the experience. I don't want to have this experience anymore. So then what's the opposite experience? A better one, right? So then let's make a better choice. And it, and it doesn't have to do with the things I thought it did. It's something as simple as not allowing my brain to wrestle with itself, not allowing my words to trigger the next thing out of, my husband, not allowing myself to just blindly think I don't have a choice in what the outcome is in that experience. And everybody thinks it's this big thing, but it's really not. And taking that and digging in every single time is what does change it. It's the littlest things every day. And I feel like in the old way, it was like, oh, just change your, you know, like get there from there. Just don't think these things because it, you know, will attract the bad things, which is in some ways true. But at the same time, you get no option on how to change it. You're just not supposed to think that, you know, like there's no moves, there's no action to take in that other way. And now it's like, okay, this action implodes that this sentence of an action implodes that like whatever the opposite thing was, where in the law of attraction way, it's basically just, you know, journal and decide what that meant about you and add more fuel to the fire, really. There's no way to actually ever get it. You know, I could go through my journal and be like, my husband doesn't understand me and blah, 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 blah. And really, you're just giving yourself more reasons all the time on why you're right in your belief that is not helping you instead of just getting rid of it and being like, I don't want to participate in this anymore. Right. So I'm done with myself. Right. I am done with myself. Totally. Yes. Because it's just so the human code blames it on every single other person. Just yesterday I was on line in one of the coaching groups and 
this girl wrote about how she wants a refund from this other coach and you know this coach really wasted her time and she didn't teach her anything she already didn't know and you know I wasted seven weeks on this woman and I responded this lady cannot waste your time you chose that yeah. and and she was like her response was oh, I don't know if I just had an aha moment or a duh moment. I never realized that. I never realized that I'm the one who chose that situation. It's just like the amount of um, the inability to take responsibility for yourself is so overwhelming in the law of attraction world. It's just like, it's just happening to me. Right. is giving me this and I'm just here to manage what it is and have a great attitude about it. And hopefully if I can just feel good enough, it'll land in my lap because I'm right. like this incapable child who right. needs a magical daddy to drop things into my lap when I'm a really good girl and when I avoid you know, feeling certain ways. And when I imagine how good it's going to feel to have it. And if I just imagine long enough, but here's the thing, no matter what outcome we were able to imagine and create and drop into our lap, it never, ever felt like that. You have no idea what like true peace or true happiness or true freedom or true joy is going to feel like when you live inside the human coat. You cannot you cannot create it or connect with it or imitate it to the point you can experience it because you have no idea what no would idea. bring that into your life. And you have no idea that you think that it's the thing that's going to make you feel a certain way. And we, like you said, experienced it many times with Percy. It's like the action of making all the decisions. That was the joy part we didn't understand that in the beginning we thought it was the delivery we thought it was the you know getting the handbags we thought it was baking the sales we thought it was doing all of the things that normal like the majority of the world thinks is the thing the actual item the whatever the actual money the actual sales and for us it was different it was the being able to be creative and being able to make choices and not following the rules of other people. But we couldn't hold that because we still were in the conditional relationship. So we thought, oh, this is fun. This is fun. This is fun. Now when we arrive, our shipment arrives or we, you know, the sales come in. If this was fun, imagine what that's going to feel like. And it felt like nothing every single time. And it, then it was like in the human code, well, what does that mean about myself if I'm not even happy when I get the things I've been working for I remember saying to you like in my desperation moment of being like I actually would rather have nothing and then have everything and still feel this way because how can I have the sales how can I have you know my dream of being an artist or a designer or whatever is the label and feel completely the same. I'd rather at least have something I can thrive for in the imaginary than actually get it all and still feel the same. That was my first realization that 
none of the stuff matters. It does not change one thing. If anything, it magnifies what is actually happening inside. And most people are unwilling to look at that and make different choices. And that's why people who are living large lives comparison to, you know, your normal neighborhood and the way of like nine to five job or whatever, most likely seem to be either extremely happy, but then there's this underlying, but they're not type thing. Or, you know, someone's the Britney Spears shaving her head up, you know, hair off, losing her mind in front of the camera is because everyone's still just trying to manage and hold it together and be like, okay, it's a never ending ladder of searching. It's never gonna do the thing you want it to ever. And I was like, at least I have my family and all of these things and I can manage the, I can manage my mind and my emotions in this container. But in that container, I don't know. You know, like you said, the one day, like, you guys want to be the next Kate Spade? It's like, well, the way I feel right now, like, actually Kate Spade killed herself. Like, that's <laughs> probably not what we, I'm looking for to be honest, you know, that's, but on the outside, it's still Kate Spade. Like people can't see the fact that you killed yourself. People are like, oh, if I was Kate Spade, then I would have it all. Right. Cause then I would have created this thing that everybody covets and everybody wants that means this certain status, which means a certain thing, which is just the like imitation of an imitation of an imitation of an imitation of an imitation. And it's interesting, like with Percy, in the beginning, like we, we, in, we just sort of innately knew what we liked and what we didn't like. And we didn't like things that people had. We didn't like when, when 10 women sat down. I didn't like when 10 women sat down and they all had the same bag. And th those were things that I just found like were a turnoff in my own life experience, but not understanding that really we're the ones who make the rules and create the rules and that there are no freaking rules except the rules we decide. Trying to fit Percy into the existing system of what it meant to be a successful entrepreneur or a successful designer in the external world in the system that was already created. Looking at the system, you would think, yeah, Kate Spade's probably the best way to go because she went from nothing, you know, she went from this one bag, she created this multi global brand she she did all of these things so yeah you you ignore the fact that she killed herself and you think well this is the way to get what i want to share out into the world and it turns into a total shit show when you actually are wired as an originator because you can't play in that system it fucking chews you up and spits you out and tears you apart and you try to land something and you bounce off of it over and over and over again because that the 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 energy of percy was not created within the system of the human code so it cannot be ran through the system of the human code and until we said no to that system 
which we did a year ago at this time. We were like, we're not doing this anymore. We'll do nothing before we will continue to do this. And I've seen that both as a theme in your life and in my life. The I will do nothing before I will continue to do the same thing um, is part of someone who's wired for origination because they know on some level that that imitation is not working in their life. Right. And you know that what you focus on and what you feed becomes more. And when we realize that this is not the animal we want to feed anymore. Exactly. It was like, there's no point to continue making moves out of what? I don't want this cycle. <laughs> I don't want to be, I don't want this outcome even. Like right. even this predictable outcome that maybe people under the human code would think would be an awesome outcome to experience uh, seems horrible at this point in my life. Right, because to us, I mean, once we really start getting honest, it was like, okay, we have to do these things to be like a business person or whatever we were telling ourselves. And in reality, whether it made sense or not, the truth was, being creative in the biz in the business was the thing that turned us on and that was the whole point for us. And once it then came into fruitation and being like, okay, now suddenly we have this business that we didn't even realize that we were creating and turning to the human code and being like, what does it mean to be a business person? <laughs> really it was eye-opening in the way of, at that time, we thought about ourselves, like, well, what does this mean about us, about us if we don't enjoy these kind of things? But really what it meant was that being a business person in our world is completely different than what we were feeding into. And now we have the tools to be able to make the choices that are completely different from the choices that we were making before. But when you have no idea and you get put in a system that's already set up very strongly, you just naturally, because you are human, start following it. And it felt like death, death to us. I mean, it was just like, well, what's the fun thing of creating one thing and then imitating it a million times and hoping everybody buys it? Like, when do we get to have fun again? Like, that's just so boring. Like, yes, I understand people want that their whole lives. I get it. Everybody was like, wow, I can't believe you guys are doing this. How are you doing this? I just don't get it. It's amazing. And to me, it just kind of, it started getting to the point, honestly, where I was hoping people didn't even ask me about it. Because I'm like, it's so boring. I don't know. This is what it is. And and obviously the the business and the presentation and all those things weren't actually boring. But to me, it was just like, there's nothing to keep feeding me in it. And until we could figure out what it was in our originator codes that needed to be fed, nothing could ever change from there. And then realizing that, that our set of business rules are completely different and they go from what does the originator code 
what does an originator need in each of those things are completely different in every single one of us. So there is no system that is ever going to be beneficial. It's just going to kind of feel like a slow, a slow death, really. I mean, and then you like, what does this mean about me? Then it's just this constant cycle. Of, <laughs> okay, I'd rather do nothing than do this because this should bring me all of the feelings and it's really bringing me all of the actual feelings. And what does that say about me again? You know, it just never ends. Yeah. Now being like, knowing that there's a whole set of rules, non-rules for an originator, there is no, there's nothing that is off limits. You can do the most wildest thing you've never even thought of doing it without any attachment because it's all for the thrill of the experience. Like most likely if you're an originator, part of your coding is the thrill and the almost feeling like you're going to die type feeling, pushing things to the limits, test, you know, that whole thing. And in the human code, all of that stuff plays out in really, you know, ways that are not helping yourself at all. It's, it's, yeah. it's definitely a spiral of self-harm yeah despair and in this way it's like oh my gosh it's between me and me in the way of like i know how to push myself to the complete limit now in the most exhilarating way i know that if i feel like this move is i'm almost on the verge of death it's exciting to me because it means that i'm breaking through the programming of the way humans are supposed to behave it's I'm going outside of the norm. And to a regular person, it most likely looks like somebody has lost their mind. And to be an originator, you have to be okay with that. You know? And that could be something as huge as like what we did, which was painting on handbags on top of the Empire State Building. Like right. it could, it could look like that, which was an unimaginable, never in my wildest dreams would I have one thought I would have even designed a handbag, let alone then painted on it and then let alone done that on top of the Empire State Building. But it could also be the most thrilling, feels like a matter of life, death, life or death situation in the tiniest moment of that conversation between you and your husband. Right. It's, it's not always like the unimaginable mind blowing here for the thrill of the experience mm -hmm. isn't always something that shows up in the external world as like some sort of art. And I think that people can still want to imagine the unimaginable, like, and so they think it's going to be this big public thing. Well, when your whole life, every second of your experience becomes your your masterpiece your your masterpieces a conversation becomes a masterpiece a leaning in in the discomfort becomes a masterpiece a breaking the pattern uh like i'm the most badass between me and me right now because i didn't turn in on myself and i stood 
inside myself this moment, my ground, not I took a stand against something on the external world. It's like, right. it's, it's, it's the moment to moment decision to master the moment and turn it into a, a living, breathing work of art for no other fucking reason than it's what you are enjoy doing and are like turned on by the experience of it. And it may be massively public and it may be super quiet and very private and that it all works together. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And, and those big moments are big, but it is those everyday moments that really shape it. going to say something earlier when you were talking it but I can't remember it'll come back to me oh the so when you are when you begin to activate your originator codes and when you begin to create outside of what already exists you um, there is no system to follow. Like when you were talking about working the company of Percy or the energy systems of Percy through what other people might perceive as a business move, like the second under the, this origination, which is like the thrill of the experience moment to moment, it never shows, it reveals itself the same way twice. So it's not like you have an originator codes and you activate these codes and you start to experience the quality of your life through them. And now you just have new systems. It's like, buckle up your fucking seatbelt. I don't know what's going to happen in the next moment. And that has become like the best part of my day-to-day -day life experience is like going in blind now and being mind blown in these seconds. Um, knowing that I don't really know what's coming next. And, and actually that's a good thing. Yeah. That's completely different than like what we're taught for sure. Because I mean, even to, to the thinking about like, growing up and like education systems. I mean, you're, you're doing this incremental growth. You are making choices for your future. You're doing all of these things, but basically you pick a goal and then you have in mind what that is, all the steps are going to lead you to this thing. And now being like goals in a lot of ways seem useless. It seems like man management. It seems like, conditional still like it's a fine line between picking something you want why am i picking it like what is what is this gonna bring me what do i think this is gonna bring me and now flipping it completely to being like i know this is the next move i there's a feeling you get you just know it and not caring why you may see an instance um, results you may not it doesn't matter it's the act and the action of following that inner guidance instead of 
the system that has been set up for everyone to follow. And it's, it's like a rebellion and even the thrill of the rebellion of the system is worth going in blindingly and being like, I mean, at this point, you and I were always like, I mean, anything could happen. <laughs> it's really true. But in the human code system, anything could happen is the most terrifying thought you could possibly have. And to be able to flip that to be like, anything could happen. I mean, who knows? Is so exciting to me now. It's, totally. it's, it's just like, well, that's the whole point. Right. It's the whole point that anything can happen. And people who, okay, so the way that I, there are people who are denser in their human codes. So their originator codes aren't like activating or don't want to act like, like there's people, there are people who have a consciousness density that this doesn't apply to, right? That they that aren't that that would either be repelled by this conversation or not get it or whatever. The people who are tired of the systems, dissatisfied with the outcomes, have the ability to like make things happen for them, but still feel this just discord within themselves, this like dissatisfaction with life or people who actually secretly really like chaos. That's what I was going to say. Originators love chaos. Yeah. yeah. Um, but they typically under the human code create chaos in really like detrimental ways by like stirring the pot in the relationship or through external outcomes or through mad matters of life and death situations that you know, whether that's scarcity of money or like, am I going to be able to survive this or any of those ways and to understand and to begin to realize that chaos is your asset in, in origination, chaos is, is creation. And that the faster the chaos goes, the, the, the stiller you and I become in it. Like, and right. to, to choose chaos on purpose, for the thrill of the experience, the outcomes, when you're in, when you're in your creator codes, when you're in origination, outcomes take care of themselves based on what you say yes or no to in really submission to the next idea of creation. The outcome is irrelevant. It's a natural byproduct from mastering that moment of of knowing where you are in regards to you and you and that creator genius within you. Right. Because that's true manifestation because before you're just picking out what actually exists and like attracting it or however, you know, you've made enough right choices to get you on the same vibe as this one thing. And, and now it's creation out of chaos of the complete unknown is true manifestation. But with that, also, I want to say is um, we're taught that we can't handle very much mm. you know? and in the means of what it feels like in energy and in our bodies and in the traditional way of alternative thinking, the traditional way of alternative is basically like, oh, it's easy and it feels good and 
if if you're you know follow your instinct in the way of like it should be a flow and it should be all of these things the natural process and being like all of that stuff is bull because it doesn't necessarily feel good energy and a lot of energy feels uncomfortable and being able to get to a place where you feel okay and powerful in being uncomfortable is really where it begins because we want to do everything in our power to release the energy normally by managing it right by if i can just not feel this way then i can probably get the things i am looking for and now when i'm feeling a lot of energy which could come across to somebody else like anxiety or heaviness in my chest or whatever it is that would normally be a red alert to make a different choice in the way of like something's wrong you know i must be on a wrong vibration i must be low i must be all of these things that are definitely not going to get me what i need so abort the situation and get rid of the energy. Now it feels like, oh, my body is doing a sensation of what would appear to me to be anxiousness, something on that realm, nervous, whatever. I understand that there's a lot of energy in my body. And it's, and it's just kind of brewing and stewing, waiting to be transformed and power the next move. And now it feels ridiculous to get rid of it. It feels like, I don't know what this is, but it's the whole thing like anything can happen. Something's <laughs> happening here. I've been feeling very strange the last couple of days. This is really exciting. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to hold on to this. I'm going to let it do its thing. I'm going to let it bring up the things. I'm not going to try to get rid of it. I understand there's a major thing happening. This is why I'm feeling this way. This is really exciting. I can handle it. I can handle the energy because big moves take big energy. And it makes sense that nobody's able to do big moves in the traditional way because they don't have anything to power it behind. They get rid of all of the energy that's waiting to be transformed into the next thing. But then at the same time, believe everything's energy and I can attract and whatever. And they're given this energy to process and to make it into an actual manifestation. And it's just thrown away. Yes. They're relieving it through. So I'm going to meditate. I'm going to, you know, release. I'm going to, I'm going to calm down. I'm going to try to feel lighter. I'm going to try to feel. I'm going to get on medication. I'm, I'm going yep. to talk to a counselor and stew my feelings around and just reinforce my whatever anything victimhood exactly instead of being like all of these things are leading you someplace but you're unwilling to take responsibility for anything your actions your decisions your feel your actual real feelings and you're labeling them and being like what does this mean about me again <laughs> oh the, yeah no, it I'm means i have anxiety it means I don't know, all of the things. And it, it's just this endless road of no movement. Right. You want everything, but you can't have any of it because you're unwilling to actually do any work to get it. Right. Because it should just be a natural flow of energy. 
and it is trying to be a natural flow of energy, but you keep putting a stop to it. Mm -hmm. Right. I mean, true, the, the powerful energy that, that potential that's true manifestation, making something of nothing, not, not copying an outcome is intense. Mm -hmm. It is, it is wildly intense and you have got to become a strong enough channel to hold that kind of energy. And that requires you to master moment by moment, the discomfort of these decisions of defying, right. And imploding that human code programming. And that is how you begin to activate your originator codes. You, they're there and they're, and for a lot of people right now who feel like nothing I used to do to feel better is working. Nothing is working in my life right now. I feel like I'm going crazy. This is the most anxious I've ever been. You know, I, like I used to be able to at least get some relief over here and now it's everywhere and this is happening and this is happening and this is happening and this is happening. Those originator codes are like time to go off in you. That's what's happening, but they can't run through your system and you keep shorting out. So what you need is to learn how to deprogram those old systems and really upgrade and activate your ability to have a new operating system. Right. And that's what we're doing. That's what we're doing. <laughs> that's so funny. <laughs> We've, we've done all the systems and until we can make our own system, who knew that that was the thing to follow your own system, you know, and that's just it. I mean, to work with somebody through this, the difference is it is about the person. Everything is so personalized. Your system, the way it worked for you, completely different from me, even though we're very similar people. And right. We would try to be like, oh, this, this is what it was. And then I would try it or whatever. And it would, it just never really quite led to the result that either one of us was looking for. And once everybody got to the point of just taking complete responsibility for their own well-being, despite if anybody else was ever going to or not, right. is not until massive change world split moment. I mean, I had no idea the difference that on the outside could look like nothing has changed. And literally my life is not even recognizable internally. Totally. No idea. And I remember saying to you after, um, people in my life passed away and being like, if I was to die tomorrow, I would be pissed. I would be so pissed. I feel like I would be like, what were you doing? You missed out on all these opportunities. And at first I thought it was like, you know, physical opportunities in the way of like travel and all the things, the conditional opportunities that were going to make me feel this certain way. I had it all in my, in my pocket, ready to go. And I didn't use any of them. 
But through this work, I found out what it meant was is that I would be sitting, what I would miss is sitting in a room, having every single thing I've ever wanted in front of me and not seeing one thing. And that's the way I lived my whole life until now. And being like, I have gotten every single thing I've ever wanted in my life. There actually at this point is nothing more that I actually want. There's nothing more that I actually need. What I actually want is to experience what is right in front of me. And that has been happening to the point of little things like that are the biggest things ever. Going camping, which I used to think was the worst situation possible I could get myself into. And sitting in a lawn chair and being camping and listening to my kids laugh and enjoying it and making the food and being happy to put it out, not being camping, wishing I wasn't camping, pissed about all the things I had to do to get camping and being like, I'm even freaking, I'm not even a freaking camper. You're like, why am I even here? And having that situation be completely terrible. And right. now it doesn't matter what the situation is, whether it's, you know, sitting in my living room, my checkbook, my whatever, it doesn't matter. It's enjoying the experience of it all is the whole point of life. And at some point you have to make a decision. Do I actually want to live life or do I want to sit in my head and watch it go by and realize I missed out on every single opportunity and there was endless amounts of them to enjoy. Right. Like that is the saddest thing I could ever think about now. It right. means that's the reason why I do this work. Not for some outcome of a manifestation or money or whatever. It, that stuff does not matter. And I feel like we're taught that it matters so much. And it feeds this endless searching of that conditional relationship that is absolutely pointless. Yeah. I mean, I remember calling you this winter and being like, I just had the absolute time of my life. Probably the, one of the most phenomenal moments of my entire experience on this earth. And what I was doing was play, having my 10 year old daughter show me long division on a whiteboard. And I was trying to see if I could remember how to do it. And we were rolling on the floor, crying hysterically. Like it was one of the most magical moments of my entire life. And it was the absolute least of what you could imagine would be like an amazing experience because for the majority, for the first basically 10 years of her life, I sat in a room with her and spun out in my mind the whole freaking time. And, and at points was like pissed that she was distracting me from this dialogue going on in my head and to actually engage with her felt so overwhelming because I didn't know how to engage and manage this, this dialogue happening at the same time. So to be in a room with people and to be able to experience what's actually happening in the moment without any stakes, without all the meaning of every single move. It's the first time I think that I've experienced what uncondition unconditional love actually is. 
And I, that's, th th what else is there? Right. There is nothing else. Here's my little unconditional love. Who's there? Who is it? We're Lewin. Want to say hi? Oh, I could eat you. You're so cute. I know. You say hi? Hi. <laughs> <laughs> You're she's confused. She said. <laughs> yeah, that's funny. So, I mean, I guess at this point, this is where our lives are going. We, we are ready to be doing this work with people in the world. And we're ready to team up and do it together because that's what we do. That's what we do. We've been wanting to do this. We, we, we just, we just want to do everything together, actually. <laughs> right. For so long, we were like, what does that mean about us? <laughs> and what does that mean? What does that mean that we want to just do what we do? All the time. I mean, that's just it, right? That's what it boils down to. Baby, baby. The idea that what you naturally do is somehow wrong. And then realizing like, wait a second, that's actually all of the answers. Right. Who knew? It was right there. No, it's Thank always you. just there. Hiding in plain sight. Hiding in plain sight. Yeah, so I don't know what what this stuff is going to look like or even where this is going to land. I mean, actually, even this video, I mean, we're going to share it and it's going to land somewhere. And anyone who sees it and wants to go with us where we're going, <laughs> I don't know. Um, <laughs> It could be anywhere. Either get a hold of us or drop a, like if this is on a Facebook page or whatever, put an emoji down or a hand raise or whatever you like, and we will get you the information, whatever the next step looks like. I have no idea yet, but we're just going to have a lot of fun. Exactly. So anything else to do. Yeah. Is there anything else you want to say at this point? Yeah, no. Okay. Good. Fun. Awesome. Well, I'm going to turn off the recording until next time and then we'll, we'll see what the next, the next situation brings. Okay. Sounds good.